Buenos dias. I'm Sergio Perez, and I'm as surprised to find myself at the top of this podcast as you are. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed, brought to you by the combined technology of the Android operating system and the iPhone operating system, which is called what, iOS, what, Zog, what are they called? Uh, just iOS. I should explain that. When we come to record this programme, to make sure that we don't talk forever, we have a little stopwatch running, and to get the angle right on the stopwatch, my phone, which is an Android, is leaning on Richard's phone. We've heard from Zog. We'll now hear from Richard. Hey, Richard, how you doing? All right, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Enjoying the Formula One season. Yeah, two races in. Pretty good. Pretty two pretty races good. in two pretty, weeks. Pretty good. What's that from? Kirby Enthusiasm. You see, you guys watch more television than me. Probably, yeah. Oh, Actually, you probably watch different Just very select about one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine you watch the Tweenies or something, don't you? Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it's your, mostly... Your boys have outgrown that now. Clone Wars these days. Really? I don't even know what that is. Be, Just please. look at the amount of Lego it's, in the house and how Star Wars related Star Wars spin-off. Yeah. I'm sort of secretly hoping, by the time that I have children that your boys will have outgrown Lego although you kind of prove that there's no such thing <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody might nobody do what happened Lego. to me when I was a kid that friends of my parents gave them massive buckets of Lego so we were quite well Legoed up when I was a lad but it was passed on to someone else I'd love to have lots of Lego in the house I could happily yeah, amuse myself playing with Lego for a long time, but there's the no Lego in my house. Trouble is, with Lego, it's worse than sex, drugs and rock and roll. It keeps you up till four o'clock in the morning making models, if you get an idea. Yeah. It yeah. really does. Great stuff, Lego. Hey, so you know I've built a Lego Ferrari. Maybe I was unfair in the way that I criticised it, said it looked like a that wouldn't go like a car. It won the second race of the season... How did that happen? Well, I wish I could tell you, but the problem was, I'm not a morning person. I got up stupidly early to watch the Malaysian Grand Prix, watch the start of the race, and I'm kind of, I'm stretched on the sofa bed at this point. When they red flagged the race, I thought, I'll just close my eyes, I'll just get a little, just get a little kip kip for a couple of minutes. I woke up, Alonso's winning, Perez is in second place. How did that happen? (laughs) I don't know how that, how did that, do you remember? I I don't know. You see, I almost did the same thing as you. I I almost had a little, I thought, I'll go back to bed. This red flag is going to drag on for ages, I'll go back to bed. But it's fatal because you can't, unless you set an alarm, but then how do you know? How I know, how did you set the alarm for either? Yeah, I went I for know. a nap this afternoon, funnily enough, because I enjoy a nap, and I, was, yeah. I, was just, I felt I'm yeah. at home, I can do this sort of stuff. I went for an hour nap. I walked into the bedroom, my cat was there, and I got into the bed, the cat looked at me like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> how, how, how I said to him, I, yeah, I'm talking to my cat now. <laughs> I, I was like, I, you I, do I, this I, all I, day! <laughs> this is what you do! Don't jip me for doing this, this is your job! Just because <laughs> I'm doing it, you nap all the time, you idle <laughs> bastard! Yeah. There is an explanation for this. Violet Berlin has just walked in the room. V, yeah. will you come over and explain the spirit of sleep? I know we're supposed to be talking about Formula One, but we are in a way. Do you remember Leon and the spirit yeah, of sleep? cats have the spirit of sleep about them. So if you've got a cat in the room, you instantly feel sleepier. And if you want to usher yeah. the spirit of sleep, you just, you know, sit near oh, a cat. they carry it with them. A I couple see, of yeah. sleepy people together. It yeah. kind of, it's like yawning, isn't it? it, kind of, it it's funny because I was watching mask. something on TV last night. We'd been out for dinner with a mate and just down the road. We came in, we were watching something on telly and there was a sequence where a character in this show we were watching just had a baby, was very tired. 
and just fell onto the bed. And as soon as I saw that, the very action of going, ah, falling onto the bed, <laughs> made me feel very tired all of a sudden. <laughs> but then cats carry sleep with them. But I read something once that said, now a person needs, opinions vary, but seven, eight hours sleep a night. Twelve. Uh, well, in my, in my, my case. <laughs> but what can we do this? Well, this is the thing. I don't know. I think different people need different amounts of sleep anyway. But they claim that a cat needs 18 hours sleep in a 24-hour period. Now, really? How do they know? They do Did they cats? wake the cat up and go, are you still tired? <laughs> now, cats are very lazy, so the cat's going to have said, yeah, yeah, I am actually. Leave me alone for a bit longer. You can't trust a cat to tell you whether it's tired or not because they're idle. They're incredibly idle. Yeah. So what this tells us is that the TV coverage of the Grand Prix needs yes. to have a cat on screen every time one of those red flags goes up. No, and no, then, no, then, and then when you put no, an, an, a loud hooter... Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know That's how what I needed. They, they crank the horn. Well, you know, <laughs> they, they crank the volume up for the adverts. They say they don't, but they do. They do. Well, yes. they could use that same technique, couldn't they? Suddenly, everything could get so. Hang on. Louder. What about what also, they put on the screen the air horn sound, and then when you wake up, the first thing you see is an animal that is the converse of the cat that doesn't have the gift of sleep. I'm trying to think what the most hyperactive animal would be. I don't know, like a meerkat or a gopher or something. Meerkats are very intense. They're very, they? very highly strung, aren't they? Just yeah. all... A giant ant come out scurry. If you saw a giant ant filling the screen, that would scare you. You'd be getting a flashback to... Uh, Ant Davison. A giant Ant Davison. That would scare you. Because he's tiny next to that iPad, isn't well, he? Well, even if that's, you know, that's just an iPad as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's yeah. that small. He's but, very but small. Quite seriously, in the future, future TV coverage of, of the Grand Prix the would have, there's a red flag, the cat comes on, the, the volume goes down, gradually lessens yeah. as all that palaver yeah, goes yeah, on yeah. and people are filling for nonsense. Then suddenly... <laughs> How did it come to be that Perez was second in that race? How did well, Alonso win that Alonso race? Alonso jumped Hamilton in the pit stops, didn't he? Because Hamilton had a rather lousy stop. He got held up for other people who were coming in. Yeah. He had a problem with the jacks. He was slow out of the pits. Button managed to cause some of his own problems by running to the back of Carthur Cayenne. It must be hard yeah. not to run into the back of Carthur Cayenne, though. Well, apparently. They're going so slow. The speed differential is yeah. just that 107% rule is there for a reason to prevent situations like that from happening. And it must be hard when a car's going so slow, they come upon you far more quickly than you expect. You'd have to say, on the one hand, that Button got it wrong. You know, he made a mistake and it was his fault that that happened. But that said, those are incredibly difficult conditions to get it right in. And that's the kind of thing that happens in those conditions. Because Carter Cahan also had a bit of a moment with Vettel, which... Yes, he did, Again, you wouldn't... If you were being very fair, you wouldn't say it was really Carter Cairn's fault, totally. Mm. But it's just that car's slow and other drivers are coming up at it at walloping pace and then probably thinking, oh no, it's a backmarker and he's going to dither in my way. And he's not got many options. They're, they're probably on him before he even knows it. And you don't, you don't always know exactly where he's going to dither, if that's the case. We shouldn't so, complain yeah. about this, though, because it is part of the rich tapestry of Formula One that you need, you know, a very 
close race at the front end of the grid and at the back end of the grid a wild card you know something that's unpredictable because we have the blue flags which is supposed to even things up and sort of manage that situation but you need the random factor do you remember bernie a few years ago was talking about randomly spraying the track with sprinklers you mm, know to mm. give that some change of grip that the malaysian race now has because it's so late in the day after four o'clock in malaysia you get rainstorms i know i've been there enough to experience it and so he must be in a way happy that his idea for a perfect formula one is happening because they're in malaysia but it's almost got to the point where they can't race in malaysia at this time of the day do you know what i mean now maybe they should bring the race an hour earlier or do you like the unpredictability of a slower HRT and the Malaysian weather. It's interesting because whilst the idea about turning sprinklers on at random is just a bit too Mickey Mouse, when the same thing is done by nature, mm. then it's interesting yep. and it makes for a more interesting race. Although um, I think Bernie probably has some control over God as well and the weather, doesn't he? He can do that, can't he? I think he bought out God a few years yeah, ago, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I think God part of the deal installed himself. Yeah, yeah. God had bought the rights to the weather during motor racing from Bernie, but then Bernie managed to it. sell them back to. Uh, he him. bought it back from oh, something yeah, yeah, he already yeah. owned. Yeah, yeah. Had a, yeah. Well, He's leasing them back to God. Yeah, that's plus a change. Yeah. Is that a sketch moment? It feels like it. Does. <laughs> Bernie, it's God. Did you make it rain in Malaysia again? Might have done. Oh, Bernie. Look, I've told you. If you want to get back control of the weather, you'll have to pay me $500 million. I don't have that sort of money, Bernie. Well, God, perhaps we could do some sort of deal. What did you have in mind? Um, let me think. Ah, yes. You know my daughters? Yes. They're costing me a bloody fortune. Could you have them crucified? I think I'll have to join a very long queue. The Malaysian Grand Prix was notable not just because Flaming Alonso won. How unpopular was that in this house? Really? You know, I mean, yeah, fair I'm place not him. Come on. a massive Makes Alonso see- fan, but I always respect the fact that I it's a great driver. never deny yeah. he's a good driver. Yeah. He's a great yeah. driver, in yeah. fact. And at the risk of sounding like a Formula One driver, he did a good job. <laughs> and uh, he had did. The, took the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can't take it away from him. Irritatingly, you can't take it away from him. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But Perez coming second mm. that yeah. was extraordinary yeah. and on merit as well not just luck he drove a great race didn't he yes he did yeah, yeah. yeah. he had uh, a little bit of luck in that that would never have happened if it had been a dry race but he made it on merit and fantastic to see a Mexican driver on the podium for first time since Pedro Rodriguez would have uh, yeah apparently so is that right who was also very good in the work and wore a deer stalker someone pointed out on Twitter that I had to mention and he lived in Bray and he always carried a bottle of Tabasco with him too. You've said this on the program uh, before. I yeah, that was yeah. Gaston Mazzucano who carried the Tabasco with him. Was it? No, that was, was Pepper Spray. Pepper, so yeah. No, no, that was Gasho. Gasho, Gasho. Gasho. Yeah, who had yeah. a pepper spray on. Yeah. yeah. So we've got Cab way off topic oh, okay. there, haven't we? Yeah. Perez, yeah. who is a better driver than I think we all 
gave him credit for because I think the measure of any driver is how well they do in the wet mm. and the best Mexican driver I've ever seen was Salvador Duran and I, I'll say his name correctly Salvador Duran who drove in A1 Grand Prix for Mexico and he won at Laguna Seca in the most treacherous wet conditions yeah. and I always thought he should get a Formula 1 driver in the back of that but Perez has got the Telmex sponsorship now. Is he going to replace Massa, Richard Porter? Well, we can but hope. Hey! <laughs> oh, poor, poor old yeah. Massa. Mm. Just give up. I don't know what's happened, but his mojo has left the building. And it's, it's just true, embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Top flight team like Ferrari. And now it turns well, out that car isn't maybe as hopeless as we thought. I mean, well, it's still a, no, it, it, it looks like a total mess. I think they were looking. It's not right. a great car. I mean, you know, they were lucky for Alonso to take the win as he did. The thing is, Mass is just doing so badly compared to his teammate. Well, it's always the mark of a truly, truly brilliant Formula One driver is that they extract everything from even an awful car. Mm-hmm. And Alonso proves much so. He's a treacherous he, he's capable kit. Of he's it. also a fabulous he's driver. The, yeah. so. If you're going to put someone in a mediocre car, put someone like Alonso in it. Yeah, but so, is Massa going to go at some point? Who knows? You'd like him to. I, well, yeah, I mean, well, actually, no, I wouldn't, because it gives me a great deal of capital to be horribly, horribly cruel about him on Twitter <laughs> over a race weekend. But, yeah, I think he needs to get out because it would be interesting to see. Well, I was going to say, it would be interesting to see what Perez can do in a really good car, but the Ferrari doesn't seem to be a really good car, I mean, and the Sauber is, as Saubers yeah. often are, probably quite serviceable on yeah, its I mean, day. It seems, at least under these kind of conditions, the chassis and the aero aren't that far off the Ferrari. But as far as Massa goes, I don't think they're going to be in a terrible rush to get rid of him because with the car not being at its most spectacular, I'm not sure that they really want to throw another sparrow into the works by kicking out one driver mm. halfway through the season. I'm sure Massa will make it at the end of the season. They could put a Spaniard in the works by bringing a Mexican in. It's a little... In the style of Roger Moore. Isn't Felipe Massa married to Rob Smedley, though, now? He calls him baby. Does that not make yeah, them married? They, they have a little boutique that they run in the off-season. <laughs> really? It's a sitcom in the making. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a slightly bluff northeastern bloke and a rather fragile baby-faced <laughs> man from... From Brazil, it's just what are they selling? It's a brilliant odd couple, just push rods because they don't need them anymore. Hey, um, <laughs> very good, very droll. But on the sort of Massa Perez thing, do you go for the conspiracy theory that no. uh, there was anything in that uh, no, in that no. message? I have no, to admit, I, I did tweet before there's, there's it no, happened. There's no reason to invoke the, the no. conspiracy. No. Yeah, I did tweet before it happened that if Perez passes Alonso Sauber will lose their Ferrari engine supply but that was just me being facetious and cheeky because you can on Twitter unless you're talking about football and you're a Welsh racist in which case you get 56 days in jail be careful Twitter <laughs> <laughs> facetious right? and incitement to racial violence yeah, be careful what you're thinking never mind what you're saying so no I don't believe that was anything to do with it. what it would have got them in terms of sponsorship from winning a race mm. it was worth them risking a Ferrari oh, engine yeah, supply oh I, yeah I don't think it was I don't he was just pushing so hard he lost it fair yeah, play yeah, great good yeah. on him yeah easily done is he going to replace Massa at the end of the season though because Ferrari and Sauber do have a relationship remember where was Massa well, before I, he was at Ferrari he could go back there 
Sauber. But Perez has an association with Ferrari, doesn't he? He's been part of their Young Drivers Programme, I believe. Yes. So there's still more reason to believe that he's one of the people who they're lining up as a possible replacement. Yeah, he's got to be a favourite. And also they could just send Massa to their Ferrari surplus drivers programme. It's oh, like yeah. a home. With, yeah. It's a home in Maranello. L- Luca Badoa is a retired yeah. German drivers. Yeah. 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 Luca Badoa, um, yeah. Giancarlo Fisichella even, yeah. is there. Yeah. Amazingly. All, uh, they yeah. sit with rugs over their laps watching the races on a Sunday. And, mm. and drinking, Lacey, drinking John and Lacey's wine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Actually sounds quite idyllic. It does. I think it would be quite... Yeah, I can go for that. Another glass of wine, Nigel? Ah, yes, that would be uh, slightly agreeable in the circumstances, John. A good race, I thought. Ah, very acceptable race, Gerhard. Very acceptable. Of course, it would have been better if I was in it. Well, you always say that, Eddie. It's true, Alan Saunders. And the number of world championships you've won is... Oh, yes, that's right. Zero. Hey, guys, I'm back. What time does the race start? You have missed the race completely. Luca, you are too late again. Get the door, Luca, old son. The door over there, mate, the, the one you just came in through. Hey, guys, uh, there is uh, someone here to see us. Ah, uh, well, I... Are you right there, son? Come in, Mr. Massa. We have been expecting you. Richard, how did you get here tonight? Did you taxi it? I did. did. I got a taxi, yeah, from that cab firm I was talking about the other week with their Prius's prices. You know, I think... They reserve the hybrid fleet for North London where people care about such things because I called the same firm to get into town a few Fridays ago and I said I'm going to central London and like sort of a bit of a grotty bit of the West End and they sent a Vectra. Oh, yeah, so, so, they, so they, they're keeping the Prius fleet for, but for Islington time, and yes, Stokey. Every time okay. I had to get to Stokey or Islington, this evening was a beautiful evening and I was coming down the main street here near where you live and there was a girl in a lovely sort of floaty summery dress pushing a bicycle and I thought, yes. <laughs> Uh, and I thought, oh, she's a pretty girl. And she looked back and she saw me, I think, looking out of the car. But I don't think she thought, disgusting sex pest in his <laughs> foul planet-killing taxi. She thought, oh, oh, he's in the back of a price. Well, that's OK, well, then. Welcome to Stoke New I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure you were leering very nicely. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. I'd like to think so. I, I don't know. Do you ever notice when you get to that certain age, perhaps, where you just become a bit of a sex pesty man rather than just a sort of, ha hello, my dear. Hey, well, well. It's been my problem for about 20 on. years <laughs> now, mate, I'm telling you. But my reason for asking you that was to find out if you had to queue to buy petrol on the way here. So you drove here. Too, I, I did you? drive here. I didn't stop for petrol, although I did notice that the SO station on Camden Road seemed to be quite busy. Yes. Was, really? Yeah. The uh, petrol station near me looked really busy as mm. well. 
And I just thought, really? Is it necessary? Are people really going in and brimming their cars? That's almost, it's a bit selfish. You're just hoarding something you don't necessarily need. Yeah. I, I don't mean, really know how much petrol's in my car at the moment. I can't remember. I think it's about half a tank, but it's fine. I know the light's not That's on. It's good for about three months, isn't it, Fiat 500, isn't it, a half a tank? I uh, know. Well, the 500, I don't know, because my wife's driving that at the moment, so it's her responsibility. But the XJR, Half I, a I tank is, half will get you to... The end of the street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, yeah. So, I don't know. But at the point at which we're recording this programme, there is a lot of talk about the possibility of a fuel delivery driver's strike. Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't even yeah, know. It's delivery driver's strike, yeah. yeah. And so we're all slightly worried. I'm worried because I'm off up to North Wales next week. And I've organised a car with Mercedes, actually. And we're going to deliver a particularly frugal car which would be kind of useful in case I get to North Wales and there's no fuel in North Wales. I can mm. drive back on the same tank. Can't do that on my Sora. I mm. simply can't. But a diesel, that could give you 40-something miles per gallon. I can get there and back. Every bit helps, as they say. My reason for bringing this up is that the people I deal with on issues of getting cars on the programme, some of them are on Twitter. Some of them are very good. And some of them are rubbish tweeters. I mean, one of them who I suspect you might say is very good is someone who, who I also follow, Tom Barnard at Nissan. He's a very good, funny, interesting stuff. One uh, of the best. Not always car-related, which is good. Yeah, so, indeed. But I've one known, of the best. I've known Tom for a few years because he is an ex-journalist. He used to work at Auto Express, And I know he doesn't like Formula One. So he'll have turned off this programme by now. Because <laughs> he did say to me, why don't you so talk more about like cars? About yeah, you baldy b- you look like Alexi Sale. <laughs> does? does look like Alexi Sale. He's probably still listening, though, just on the off chance that we're talking about him, and now he'll never speak to me again. If you yeah, follow Tom, you'll know this. You get a sense of what it's like to own and drive a Nissan Leaf. He talks about, ooh, I'm going shopping, I'm going to charge it here, and stuff like that. And that, that kind of insight is genuinely useful. Well, um, I'm not sure that the insight on how well the Nissan Leaf performs, according to a Nissan PR, yeah, he might say, be biased. Yeah, useful. Yeah, I, yeah, but, but, but the be. thing about Tom is, because he's an ex-journo, I think he appreciates that he can't lay on the flannel too much because he's seen it from the other side and he knows that it's all a bit transparent. So, yeah, he's yeah. defending the Leaf quite a lot at the moment because it's their sort of newest car, but he would easily be at home defending his really knackered old Series 1 Land Rover that just permanently yeah. leaks, leaks oil leaks oil and lets in water. Yeah. So. And he's got a rusty tailgate, if I remember. That's <laughs> it. All stuff. Well, you've you... really been paying attention. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the joy of Twitter. You do actually get flash frames of what's really going on in people's heads you can't help but allow the truth to come through you kind of filter what goes out there but the truth comes out i would like to thank twitter followers who gave me feedback on whether i should take the three points and the 60 quid fine or do the speed awareness course yeah. and what did uh, we decide uh, I'm, I'm doing the speed awareness course uh-huh. yeah. yeah do you want to talk about this briefly not really the twitter issue okay oh, well, no, right. go on. no no yeah. why not i did uh, i don't know when did you get what it happened uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a camera, and I just hadn't noticed that I'd gone from a 40 zone into a 30, mm. and I stupidly didn't notice that there was a camera there, which is really not a great excuse because it's pretty shoddy to not notice that there was a huge yellow camera by the side <laughs> of the road when I drove past at 37 miles an hour. So um, what you're going so, on... You know, fair cop, but... I'm going to do the speed awareness course. Here. No, you're not. You're going to do a speed camera awareness course. That would be more <laughs> I, I, useful, I, I, wouldn't I, it? I've been doing one of those for the last few years. We'll and, have uh, some flashcards made up. And just, what's this? Yes, you're right. It's a camera. Who's <laughs> your favourite tweeter uh, in, in the motor industry? Uh, Roadcaster. 
Yeah, Barnard's good. There's a chap called Rob Halloway who's Mercedes-Benz PR man. He's very good because he loves to geek out. He loves to geek out, and we love to geek out. He has a little Friday facts thing going on. Brilliant. Where he tells you stuff about Mercs, but ultra-nerdy stuff, the details that I think... ultra nerdy's good. ...suckle on his trivia teat. So he's very good. In general, obviously, official friend O the show, Johnny Smith. Yeah. Car Johnny, pervert, uh, yeah. he's called. Yeah, Johnny's been a bit quiet him. recently, I think, but yes, he, yeah. he occasionally comes up with fantastically random things. He had a big Porsche uh, trip last week, Yeah. He? Chaz Hallett, who's now the editor of What Car, who's a mate of mine, he always has stuff going on. Tiffany Dell is quite quite an enthusiastic Twitterer oh, I as well. I, I, I follow Martin Brown. Yeah, Tiff's quite Tiff's outspoken Tiff's and is also stuff. quite baffling if you're like us and you don't really follow football because sometimes he just veers off into going on about Southampton <laughs> Football Club and has no idea yeah. what's going on. I don't know, there's too many people to list really. When I first joined Twitter, which bizarrely, as we record this, tomorrow is my two-year anniversary oh. of being on Twitter. And I only know this because... Is Twitter going to get your present? Well, there's some <laughs> automated thing that sends you a note on Twitter and yeah. tells you. It's yeah. like a third-party yeah. thing. It's not through Twitter themselves, as far as I can work out. Okay. But sent me a thing today saying, it's your Twitter anniversary. Oh. And it looked it up and it said... Twitterversary? Once, and not that long ago, my TV colleague, Jeremy Clarkson, actually had a sort of fatherly chat with me and said, why are you on Twitter? You get paid for a living to write things. Why would you just give them away for free you're wasting material and effort and brain power and he was being yeah, quite I serious he was just genuinely baffled by twitter media. and then i discovered this week that in fact he's finally joined twitter ah. slightly on the qt and i think he wants to try and prove a point that it's rubbish but i've just looked again this evening and he's often on top of your live shows and he quietly he's quietly he tweeting away i suspect given mm. the binary mind of clarkson that he will either dismiss it within a week or he'll become the world's most prolific twitterer and can we'll you tell us his name okay i could if i could remember it i thought he was doing it deliberately to prove twitter doesn't work and he would cussedly use a pseudonym but no he's listed as his real name and his username is jcr clarkson esquire or something like that he'll be it, really cross that i've said this now though because i think be, he wants ah, no followers it would be surprising if somebody hadn't already taken jeremy clarkson yeah as oh a, many as times and many variations of it there are a lot yeah, of fake ones out there and i spent a lot of time a while ago having to get quite cross against all these fake top gear presenters and now we've got a clean sweep they're all on there mm. for oh, the time being so. i don't follow any of them i'm gonna have to make well they don't yeah. uh, hammond doesn't do much james just occasionally pops up and says that he's dismantling the cylinder head on an old motorcycle and goes <laughs> away again and that's why you it know it's the real james because there's some fake james and they're always talking about stuff yeah. and james just says something like i'm just off for a pint and then he'll be silent for a week and then he'll just go do you want to know how to get the spark plug out of the top of a Honda Cup? Oh. It's, just like you it's know good it's for there. that, though. Yeah. It but, is good uh, for that sort of in thing. In terms of people who actually give you interesting information, then uh, I would say, yeah, Brundle is great. Mm. And Brundle's a chap great called um, Craig Scarborough, Scarbs F1, who has a great blog type website where he does oh, very technical yeah, detail. Yeah. But the Twitter is sort of like the, he, as a lot of people do with blogs, uses Twitter to tell you when there's something new on his actual website. But mm. he's very good and he does other Twitter stuff, very insightful, incredibly so. One of my favourites is Steve Matchett, who wrote the book Chariot Makers. He used to be mm. a Benetton engineer who really knows his F1 from a technical point of view. Yes. And he gives a wonderful overview. He's one of the reporters for Speed TV, or has been, and he gives a wonderful overview of technical developments in F1 in a nice impartial way. I like him. Mm. But the... I'm going to get in real trouble for saying this now, but I'm going to say it anyway. The single worst tweeting entity representing the motor industry in the Twitterverse... Is it called Fiat UK or Fiat Official or Official Fiat UK? Mm. Just empty. 
is it? It's really mm. empty. The joy of Twitter is that you get people telling you stuff. You know, you get a glimpse into people's minds. You know, they offer a, a bit of information that you would not have come up with. For instance, uh, Rob Holloway at Mercedes, when he had a Unimog for the weekend, you shared that experience with him. You know, you, it was a joyful thing. The Fiat UK one is even worse than Imogen Thomas, <laughs> who I follow. You know Imogen Thomas? Oh, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're faintly obsessed with Imogen Thomas. The last, other than get us out the last time I was around here, I think I was on my way home and you texted me something yeah. from Imogen Thomas's Twitter feed. I, I still haven't bothered following her because I just can't bring myself you to endorse her to. unique brand of... Vacuity. Well, she did. She's <laughs> superb. Um, I love her because she's Welsh, you know. We were I know, but there's no enough of a reason. Just going, oh, you know, the main old Hitler, he was okay because he was Welsh. Oh, yeah, Adolf, the mass suppression of the Jews and Gypsies. We used to call him in the village. Um, it doesn't excuse someone just because they're Welsh. Imogen, Imogen. She's a blithering... It's so wonderfully hollow. Her typical tweet is, oh, I don't know whether to have pizza or Chinese tonight. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> and I swear, I get one of these from her every day, and it makes me joyful that my life is so You're rich. just encouraging her. <laughs> I, I, am, I probably am, actually. That's the truth. Everybody look away, as Grace Dent says. You're just encouraging her. But the worst is Fiat UK, because Fiat UK don't tell you anything about their cars and they must have wonderful things to tell you about their cars what you get from Fiat UK mm. is hey what's everyone doing with their Fiat for the weekend oh it's one of those they've read a manual on social media haven't they I tell you what, actually, the Fiat they want to get Twitter a conversation. feed could answer something that I'd put on Twitter the other day, but I was checking the oil on my Fiat 500, and I'd never noticed this before. There's a sticker on the underside of the bonnet that gives you all the, you know, different fluids and what should be. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's in different languages, Good but idea. the top one in three or four different languages is about the oil. And I read that the English bit, and it said, Oil, we recommend you fill your car with oil. Hey! hey! That's about as informative as the Fiat Twitter <laughs> feed is. You've been listening to Richard Porter. Goodbye. To Zog. Goodbye. And me, Gareth Jones. He's at Paul Ierson. He's at Sniff Petrol. And I'm at Gareth Jones TV. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!